This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hi there, everyone. Hello, hello, and welcome to our Curious News This Week, coming to you with your short-form news roundup meant to bring you up-to-date on some of the latest goings-on in the realm of art history. I'm your host, Jennifer Dassel, and today is Friday, March 10th, 2023, and we've got to get to it because, whoa, I've got a bunch of stories, both big and small, that I want to share with you today. If you listened in the last week, you might remember that I said I felt like that was a slow news week. This will not be that. There is a lot of stuff to report here today. So first up, we've got a piece of big news. Though the British Museum is still thought to be in talks regarding the status of their Parthenon marbles, the Vatican this week signed an agreement that they will be returning their very own Parthenon sculpture fragments to Greece potentially sending them to Athens as soon as late this month. These are three fragments, approximately 2,500 years old, that have been part of the Vatican Museum collection for 200 years. This plan was previously announced in December after Pope Francis met with the head of the Greek Orthodox Church and discussed this matter, and many are hopeful that this high-profile return from one of the most important collections of art will set a precedent that cannot be ignored. As I mentioned in previous news episodes, the debates over restitution of artworks has truly ramped up in the past couple of years. And the Parthenon marbles have been at the center of these debates. I don't have any insider knowledge, but my best guess is that we're heading closer and closer to some kind of final decision from the British Museum. And knowing that hopefully there's a good end in sight makes me very happy and also very excited to know what's coming up next. I think that 2023 is due to be a very big year. Speaking of happy, exciting news, here's another great announcement that I am thrilled to share with you. This week, the collective Friends of Notre-Dame de Paris, which is a group who is spearheading the conservation and restoration of the Cathedral of Notre-Dame, announced this week that the iconic building is set to reopen to the public next year, 2024. They have noted that the building has moved out of the so-called safety phase, where workers have been able to make sure that the space is indeed visitable and inhabitable again. Over the past four years since the terrible fire in 2019 that destroyed large segments of this incredible building, construction teams have reinforced the cathedral's iconic flying buttresses, removed burned scaffolding, fortified the roof, and have covered and protected its famed gargoyles. Now that the building is, in the words of Friends of Notre-Dame de Paris President Jean-Louis Georgelin, quote, saved, solid on its pillars, and that its walls are solid, we'll be able to firmly go ahead with the phase of restoring and rebuilding the parts destroyed by the fire, so that it's ready to reopen for services and public visits in 2024, unquote. This is excellent news. It doesn't mean that construction and restoration will be complete by next year, 
But it does mean that enough will have occurred that we, as collective citizens of the world, will be able to enter the space once again. What's that you say? You want more good news? Well, I am happy to oblige, my friends. And this one is yet another follow-up to another recent Art Curious News This Week episode. Earlier this week, the Chicago Tribune reported that a faculty group at Valparaiso University in Indiana voted to stop a planned sale from the Brower Museum of Art, the university's on-campus art institution. As I mentioned previously, the sale of three artworks by American artists Georgia O'Keeffe, Frederick Church, and Child Hassam was considered as part of a deaccessioning plan to raise funds for the updating of some campus buildings. This group of faculty voted that the university stop the sale and look for alternative sources of funding. All of this comes as the university has been struggling with both student retention and financial issues. And look, I get it. Keeping universities going is hard stuff, and selling art can bring in a bunch of money fast. The estimate for these three works of art currently at the Brower Museum is around $21 million. But thankfully, this proposed sale has been met with significant pushback, not the least from the Association of Art Museum directors, who have threatened to sanction the Brower Museum, meaning that it may suffer from a damaged reputation which can trickle to nearly every facet of museum life, from purchasing power for new works of art to requesting loans for special exhibitions and retaining staff members. So this story is still ongoing, but at least one more group, and one that is also at least associated with Valparaiso itself, has stepped forward to condemn the idea. Even if this faculty group doesn't have the power to stop the sale, they might very well assert enough pressure collectively with students, funders, and outside supporters to keep these works of art in their home. Quick commercial break time, everyone. As I always say, feel free to mash that fast-forward button a couple of times or listen straight through to help us to continue to make good with our advertisers who pay the Art Curious bills. We will be back with more Art Curious news this week in just a minute. And meanwhile, if you like the show but not the ads, please join us over at patreon.com slash artcurious to grab an ad-free feed for $4. And to show me that you care, I could sure use a new patron or two this week. That's patreon.com slash artcurious. Thanks as always to my VIP patrons, Flamestress, Gaston, Stephanie, John, JL, Rhonda, Lance, Robin, and Andrew. I'd never deaccession you. I don't even really know what that means other than to say you guys are the greatest. Do you want your name read here every week? Then become a VIP for just $25 a month and know that you're helping us so, so, so much. Be right back. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Art Curious and our news this week. I've got a few more updates for you today. First, it's yet another Egyptological double whammy. This week, archaeologists announced the discovery of a long-hidden tunnel near the entrance to the Great Pyramid of Giza, which is estimated to be around 9 meters, or about 30 feet long, and some believe that this might lead to the burial chamber of King Khufu, the pharaoh celebrated and commemorated by the Great Pyramid, who ruled in the 3rd millennia BCE. The discovery was made by a consortium of university researchers from five different countries, France, Canada, Germany, Japan, and Egypt, who were all working under the name Scan Pyramids and used non-invasive technology, especially radiography, to look inside the Great Pyramid, allowing them to detect hidden or as-yet-undiscovered chambers. An endoscopic camera, the kind used during medical procedures, was then used to photograph the newly discovered tunnel, which was described in the journal Nature as a, quote, stone slab with a gabled structure called the chevron located at the top of the entrance connected to the descending corridor made at the time the pyramid was built, unquote. Egypt's former antiquities minister, Zahi Hawass, spoke at a press conference this week where he proclaimed the tunnel as, quote, the most important discovery of the century, unquote. Noting that the reason for this is because not much has been found of King Khufu's reign. If his burial chamber and the tomb are still within the Great Pyramid, then there might be lots of excitement ahead indeed, one that makes Hawass's proclamation seem worthwhile. So watch this space. And also this week, Another group of archaeologists announced the discovery of a little teeny tiny sphinx sculpture, which they are referring to as a mini sphinx that dates from the era of the Roman emperor Claudius, who controlled North Africa in the period around 50 CE. This mini sphinx is believed to represent Claudius and features a beautiful smile and adorable dimples. I mean, if you weren't already excited by the term mini sphinx, then perhaps a picture of the sculpture will grab your heart. So I post a link, as always, in the notes section for this episode on your podcast app, and you can also check it out and see pictures on my website, artcuriouspodcast.com. One last update for you. This week, we got another art-related climate protest, this time at the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam, which has been at the center of the art world for the past month with the premiere of its record-breaking Vermeer exhibition. That this protest group, the youth segment of the organization Extinction Rebellion, chose this busy museum for the event makes perfect sense since its record-breaking schedule would assure attention. So they didn't use Vermeer as a focal point, but chose instead the Rijksmuseum's most famous work, Rembrandt's The Night Watch. Protesters entered the gallery where this large painting is hung, and many of them stood or sat in front of the painting while two protesters held up a sign with the Extinction Rebellion logo and a modified image of the famous Dutch work showing the night watchman submerged underwater, which refers to the group's slogan, 
there is no art on a flooded planet. The good news is is that this and their words and protest t-shirts seem to have been the extent of their actions, as no food or drink or objects of any sort were thrown at the Rembrandt. To which I say, good, thank you. Of course, any and all protests at art museums will still continue to have big effects for things like security and visitorship, but at least we don't have to worry quite so much about accidental damage to artworks if there aren't any cans of tomato soup or pieces of birthday cake flying around. So all in all, I think you'll agree that for the art world, this was a pretty darn good week. And that is all I have for you today. This was Art Curious News This Week, and thank you so much for listening. I will be back with you next week for our next round of art news, and then I'm announcing it first here on April 3rd. We're coming back to you with our all-new season of the show, which features a bunch of all-new episodes. So yay, join me then. Mark your calendars. I would like to thank you, as always, for your support, your patronage, and for listening today. Until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.